This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Now, I don't think it's a it's a mystery that I like the shallow end of the pool, as does Sabrina, specifically with a cocktail. So, and I'm not saying that what our next guest does is shallow, but it all makes sense in a moment. Please welcome Dr. Paul Nassif, world-renowned plastic surgeon and the star of Botched. Welcome. Well, hello, Melissa. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello Sabrina. Hello. And I don't, it's great to I'm, be here. I'm not saying that plastic surgery is shallow, but it does, you know, it, it does have a little bit of a shallow implication. My mother was. It's a think, maintenance, Melissa. It's, it's not my a shallow cut of an idea. It's maintenance. But, when, but also, we'll get to what you do on, on botched, sort of the deeper side of what truly great plastic surgeons do, which is also give a lot of their time to to really fixing people and, and changing their lives in a very positive way. But what made you want to become a plastic surgeon? Oh, boy. Um, I was always, you know, my training originally is in otolaryngology, ENT. A what? And with, with ENT. Ear, nose, no, and okay, I thought you said, oh, because yeah. I, I, I know o- what an ENT is. Called, yeah, otolaryngology, otorhinolaryngology. Is an ENT. That's the real one. Yeah. So, and part of that is facial plastic surgery. And I was going into what we call neurootology, which is surgery of what we call the skull brain, base and ear, tumors involved near your brain, using a microscope and all that. And then I started doing rhinoplasties and facelift as a resident, and I fell in love with it. And then it kind of got capped off. There was a six-year-old little boy that got attacked by a bunch of Rottweilers. Ooh. And that poor boy suffered a lot of trauma to his face and, and scalp. And I was on the team to help reconstruct that boy uh, with about seven surgeries. And this is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the reconstructional aspect of it and actually helping. Um, it wasn't the head and neck cancer, other things like that. It wasn't sinus surgery. It was very, very interesting and rewarding for me. So I fell in love with it. And I said, I want to be a facial plastic surgeon. And that's how I got into it. Are you artistic? Because a lot of uh, plastic surgeons I know love outside to paint or to sculpt or to to, to have these very creative artistic outlets. Because it seems to all be sort of the same side of the brain. Okay, so absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. Um, I will tell you, uh, first of all, I suck at drawing. I'm not a sculptor. But what I did, which was very interesting, is I started getting into rhinoplasty and revision rhinoplasty. And I have, I feel, a very keen eye. 
of what I feel is aesthetically pleasing in symmetry. And I can look at someone and I can pick out a very small area of a symmetry. So I have a very keen critical eye. And uh, so that's where my, I, I would feel that's my strong suit. You also wow. have to know how to use your hands, but you have to have a keen eye. And of course, like natural results. Yes. Of I like natural results. Well, the one would hope. We all what? do. We all. Um, how did how did you get into the business of, I hate saying it this way, fixing other people's mistakes? So when I first came to Beverly Hills. Um, what brought you to Beverly Wait, what brought you to Beverly Hills? So I did my training, um, my, my fellowship, which is a year in facial plastic surgery. After my five years of residency, um, I wanted to come back home. I'm from L.A., born and raised. And then a, a buddy of mine was doing Durham in the Valley, and I just finished. I said, let's go do it. And my mom and my sister were the impetus of one becoming uh, oh. a doctor, but two, going to L.A. and going to, uh, going to Beverly Hills. And so that's how it started. We went to Beverly Hills in 19... I finished in 98, but then I was working somewhere for 99. And then July of 1999, we opened up our office. I'm still in the same building on Spalding and Beverly Hills. I love Spalding. So that's how. So that's where I'm at. Very cool. Very cool. I'm I'm interested in knowing what's the most common procedure that you fix? Okay. So you're asking why did I even get into fixing other? So I wanted the hardest procedure that I can find and do. And that's revision rhinoplasty, hardest of all plastic surgery. Which is redoing messed up noses. Yeah. But I also do first time noses. Right. Noses, period, are very hard. So my most common procedure, so 65% of my entire practice to 70 is nose. Out of that nose, about 65, 70% of that is revision, fixing other surgery. The rest of it's first time nose. And then the other 30, 35% is aging face surgery. You know, deep plane facelifts, eyebrow lifts, eyes, chins, things like that. How many can you oh. knock out in a day? I've always wanted to ask that because Can't, you, yeah. you feel like, you know. Not, like, not me. There's, there's all my buddies can do four or five surgeries a day. My surgeries at the most, I can do two. Wow. Because they're very long and tedious. But in a good way as the patient, like you want your doctor to take a long time. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm slower than most of my colleagues in what I do because I'm just, I say, so I'm going to go slow. My goal is not to have that person back in the operating room, you know, unhappy, even though it still happens, no matter how good you are, you're still going to have revisions of your own surgery. And you've seen that even on botched, we have complications of our own surgeries. Um so, yeah, it takes a good, let's say, a revision reconstructive rhinoplasty surgery with rib. With rib, so in, meaning you take a piece rib. of the rib to rebuild rib the nose. To rebuild the nose. Average is probably about a good five hours in wow. and out of the operating room. And then if I'm doing a facelift and eyes and brows and some fat grafting, you know, that's about a good seven, eight hours. That's a long day. And we put patients under very light anesthesia too. So how how did botched begin? Who came to you and said, "We have this idea"? No, no one came. That's to not you. No. What happened? Um, 
So I was um, with the executive producers of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Evolution, my good old buddies, Doug and Alex. And this is when Adrian and I were divorced at that point, and we were off The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. And we're having dinner, and I said, you know, it's time to do something. So Alex and I brainstormed right then at BOA restaurant on Sunset Strip. So you were having a tasty um, steak at the same time. We're having a tasty steak <laughs> and that great Caesar salad. Yes. And um, you can't breathe on, but you can't breathe on I can't breathe on anybody. For like days. And I got to go have one of those salads. I haven't been out that much. <laughs> anyway, um, we said, why don't we, f- we both came up with the idea of fixing really bad plastic surgery going gone wrong and show it all on TV. Let it all hang out. So at that point, you know, Debro has been a friend of mine for, you know, for, since 1999. My mom and my sister met him, and I, I became friends with him. He was actually used to practice one day a week in Beverly Hills with me, besides his Newport Beach office. And we'd have dinner with Heather before they got married, and Adrian and I, and all that stuff. Um, and so I called him. I go, hey, this is after he did the swan and that horrible vitoplasty thing and everything. And um, I go, why don't we do this? Because he was already on the Housewives of Orange County with the same production crew. And he goes, what are you, nuts? We're going to take people with bad plastic surgery and fix them and show them all the complications. And he was sick with the flu at that time. I go, yeah. He goes, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Wow. And then he he picked up uh, eight episodes after a quick scissor wheel, just like that, no problem. How did you find the original patients? Because now I assume that anybody who has bad bad plastic surgery is like knocking on the door to um, do the show. How yes. did you find the original eight? Or so ten? they found, um, they found, uh, you know, a great casting director still works in our uh, show. By the way, and and they, what, people don't, what people don't know is these people who cast reality shows literally like put out Facebook ads, social media a little bit. Have you had really bad plastic surgery? We can fix you. Yes, that's exactly right. Like, we still do it on our social media. We still do that on our Yeah, but now at least people know who you are at the beginning. That's a big leap of faith for someone. Well, there there was. I mean, there was 500 people that applied. 500 for a season, which is a lot. It's a huge amount. And, And basically, we ended up operating on, you know, maybe, let's see, eight episodes, eight surgeries, 16, maybe 20 surgeries. And then we had the other folks that came on that we couldn't really help, but we try to teach. Um, and I remember at that point, as you know, Dr. Debron and I, Terry and I were looking, going, uh, no, 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 yes, because of the complexity of the surgeries. And we were already specialists, but they were that complex. And now, thank God, you know, after, you know, we just finished our seventh Which season. Which is insane. It's such a successful show. Do you have people like running up to you on the street going, look, can you fix this? And they yeah. turn to the side and give you a profile. Be like, Help. what would you recommend? <laughs> what would- yes. <laughs> so all the time. And we go, and the usual statement is, you're fine. Liar, you liar, know? pants on fire. No, so Do you fire, turn yeah. around and go, oh my God, I can't even help them. <laughs> I, 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 I know that this sounds crazy and I know that you are a renowned doctor, but you are a, just... You are a crazy reality TV celebrity. Like, do you think, do you ever go, I'm, I'm actually a doctor. I mean, I know I'm on TV, but I, I am really a doctor. I don't just play one on TV. I don't just play <laughs> one. I'm a doctor. 
But you are a reality I, TV star. Yeah, I don't really, I have to tell you, I don't really see that. Yeah, you know, when someone wants to take a selfie, you know, or maybe an autograph once in a while, but a lot more selfies, especially if I go to Europe, the Middle East, New York. I mean, I'm around Beverly Hills all the time. So, you know, you know, hey, you know, I like your work, you know, no one really cares, you know. I do. I would take a selfie. If I run into you on the street, I'm looking for a selfie. You know, I mean, it's funny. It's New York. (laughs) You want to take good care. Yeah. But New York is actually, you know, you know, a lot of, because a lot of tourists, you know, yeah, it's exactly right. (laughs) So, and by the way, just to answer the last thing, 10,000 people apply now um, uh, annually with, we have a huge casting department. That is unbelievable. So what is the hardest procedure where you said rhinoplasty, but when you're doing the show, we're going to, what is the criteria of how do you pick your criteria is, well, I mean, they have to go through the casting department. They have to go through them first, obviously, and find something interesting and hard. Right. I'm assuming you and Terry have the final say so. Final. Yeah. I mean, then it goes to E. They have to be physically and psychologically evaluated. Yep. Obviously evaluated. Then they come to us. And most of the time now it's, Yes, 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 yes. No. What? Mm. Some things we still can't fix. But now we're able to fix. I mean, one thing it's did for our skill set, our hands, since we do the hardest surgeries of all, our skill set. I mean, you know, and we've even developed operations, you know. Um, and Terry's gotten so good at some of these horribly complicated butt and breast and tummy things. And, of course, you know, my talent is especially in regards to some of the facial reconstructions or the noses, um, you know, the 15th rhinoplasty with horrible skin that, you know, the skin can die. Um, So we've gotten pretty darn good at it. And so we're blessed, you know, that we could actually, you know, that our skill set has increased and listen, we're helping other people. Right. It really does change their lives. Abs- ab- abs- what's been... I mean, and this is all real. There's no BS on the right, show. Well, These are all real stories. Right, there's nothing you can really fake on, on your show. You can't fake that. What, no, exactly. you can't. What's been the hardest case you guys have tackled? Well, I got to tell you, every year there's a, the hardest case. Right. And I mean by that, for me, for example, whether it's a facial reconstruction, um... But usually to me, the hardest things is when I have a nose that has been operated on so many times that it's full of scars and that the and that the risk of the skin dying and turning black. That's what I have to deal with. That's to me is what's hard is navigating around how to fix the problem after the fact. How does the nose heal? You mean you in this upcoming season, you have some crazy Patients, you have someone with a shark bite-sized hole in his abdomen. You have a woman who grew an extra set, I'm reading this correctly, of softball-sized breasts in her armplate, armpits that lactate when she breastfeeds. Huh? That that sounds like a Guinness Book yeah. of World Records kind of a situation. I mean, this... It's I mean, accessory breast tissue. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who be- a man who believed his nose was deformed by his mother's IUD. IUD. Is that what oh. happened, or is this all in his head? Oh. Yeah, it didn't happen. It wasn't the IUD, obviously. I mean, this- it, it was more. It was more of a congenital right. deformity. Do you ever think to yourself, 
I, as soon as you think it can't get any stranger, it does? Every year. So every year we're seeing crazier and crazier things and crazier stories. Right. So, but but they make for excellent television. television. So what are the hot, now, now for my, you know, my shallow questions. We're coming right headlong into those. What's the most popular procedure right now? Um, well. Coming out of COVID. What does everybody want? Coming out of COVID. I, I got to tell you, the med spas, like my med spa in Beverly Hills and the one in Manchester, England, it's packed. Since everyone's been home, they're going back, getting the lips done. They're doing a lot of filler, a lot of Botox. Um, and so the most popular things right now are fillers back again because no one did anything for a year. And it's scary how we you all know, looked. You know, and remember, we got to be careful that old selfie dysmorphia of them looking at their selfie and blowing it up and changing it with the filters and trying to overdo it still. So as fillers, the other thing I got to tell you that there's a lot of facials and there's an incredible uh, procedure. It's called hydrofacial. I've had one. And, and have one. And I have my own booster, NASF MD Hydroglucan. By the way, I got a, you know, the best year for me in my skincare business, NASF MD skincare, was during COVID. Everyone was taking care of their oh, skin. Oh, everyone. You know. And now there's. Everyone's taking care of their and skin. And I just read an article that the next trend in skincare is minimalist skincare because we all were doing 20 steps during COVID because we could. And they're saying the backlash is going to be everyone's going back to a more traditional one, two, three. Yeah. And that's, and that, and that's pretty much what we do, you know, especially exfoliation, hydration, surgically wise. um, So the other thing too, it's really great is there's some incredible new lasers in the spa that can do so many great things at the spa, you know, minimal downtown, but body stuff, it's still right now the body sculpting. So it's still the lipo, you know, and the body sculpting with the lipo, you know, this high definition lipo. There's still a lot of BBLs, Brazilian butt lifts, which can be very dangerous now, still. explain what those yeah. are, because I've only, I, I never quite understood, because I have a big fat ass, which I hate. And everyone's like, people pay yes. money for that. I don't get it. You're so damn funny. I have a big fat ass. <laughs> so Brazilian butt lift, what is it? It's you're um, doing liposuction, removing the fat from the stomach, the hips, the thighs. Um, and then well, actually, no, you're injecting it into the butt and actually into the thighs or hips. A lot of women want bigger hips and big giant butts. If anyone had told me this when I was a little girl with my full lips and my hips and my big old booty, I would have said never. But now, mm, I unlike Melissa, I'm happy about mine. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, so I'm like, so, I'm yeah. like, please make my fat fucking hips and thighs and butt go away. Like, hate it. Hate it. <sighs> it's, and she's cute. So, she's cute. She's so cute. Yeah. You know, so, so that's still very popular. And again, you know what's happening with the face because of um, uh, tech neck? Yes, because we're all looking down. Like this? Yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing, I got to tell you right now, which I love. I'm doing more facelifts and neck lifts. Now. Where do you cut for Besides a neck noses. lift? Where do, how do you do a neck lift? Because when you, get, so you, you stand in the mirror and pull your neck back, it looks really good. But that's not how you do it surgically. Well, it, it is surgically in a way you are doing that. So 
what you want to do surgically is you want to do, and I do what we call a deep plane facelift. You're lifting, I go under the muscles, so you're lifting vertically like this, not like this. So vertically up, and the neck is going back this way. So you're going up and back to the neck, and you start around the hairline, and you have to do a beautiful incision, and you hide beautifully around the front of the ear, and you go back behind the ear, and then you go back either in the hair or along the and hairline. Yank that neck right up. So, so you go in, elevate the muscles, fixate, lift up the muscles naturally, and then you remove all the extra skin. What can we? You got to look. What natural. can we do for to make our necks look better non-surgically? So there's a lot of uh, radio frequency machines like we have in our office, for example, and um, either applied on the outside of the skin. Or minimally invasive, you could actually make small incisions like there's something that, uh, you know, we use. So one, we have the radio frequency devices, but there's also um, any of the helium gas. Like we have one that's I love called Renuvium. Okay. That's an instrument that can go there and tighten up the neck. It tightens up the neck or under the invasive. chin? Under the chin, neck. Sometimes you have to do a little lipo with it. And you can tighten that up as long as it's not too bad with using these devices Without full blown out, full surgery. Was, is there anything yes. topical that you can do, or do you have to do an actual procedure? To, to tighten the neck, you got to do one of these procedures. Okay. But there, like I said, there's some that are non invasive. Okay. Obviously, you know, but for the wrinkles, the spots, the, the decollete area, um, I got to tell you, I have a fantastic neck decollete cream that actually, because of the peptides and the uh, something called the quaxone methyl absorbic acid, which is a really stable form of vitamin C. The wrinkles in the neck, actually, I can really do dramatically. Okay. So, because when you do a facelift, it does not help. Okay, well, uh, you're going to need to send me some of that. Let's move on. So <laughs> so get me, get Haley. I think she's yes, listening. Yes, she is. She send is. your info and I'll send you, I'll, I'll send you a little love. Thank pack. you. So let's, speaking of love, let's talk about that you are now off the market. You were so single for so long. Now, you got remarried. Her name is Brittany, correct? And she's 29? 30. 30. Sorry. Makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> and you guys just had a baby. What was it about Brittany that said, I want to take the plunge again? I met her at a medical meeting a few years ago, 2017, November. And at that point, I got to tell you, I was sick of dating. No girlfriend, sick of it. And I also said I wasn't going to date any more young girls. And obviously, you broke your own promise. So continue. I'm always interested so, in this. So, uh, you know, because of the, just, I wasn't really jiving. You know, it was fun, but I said I'm not doing that. Right. And I was dating, actually, a lot of older women. Um. Like actually in the 40s. Yes, I was doing that. I have a last girlfriend was in her 40s. Um, and I met her at a medical meeting. And then we kind of chatted on social media. And we started talking. She was living in Arizona. And we got along incredibly. Living in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Not a, not a, you know, a little bit different than some of our local yeah. folks. And... Then we went on our first date, and it was like, oh, my God, this girl, she's absolutely incredible. Smart, sweet, nurturing, loving, beautiful, very cool, 
And she goes, hey, by the way, and plus she actually dated, you know, she dates more older men. That guy's around her age. And uh, we started dating and it was like, oh my God, this, this is like the most nurturing, loving woman in real and down to earth um, I've ever met in my life. And um, I think after about six weeks, you know, I said, will you go steady with me? Aww. She's left because they don't do that anymore. And then February 14th, like three months after I go, I love you, you know, and uh, it was like automatic. It was like, okay, you know, this is the girl I'm going to marry. And so how soon did you it know that? that? easy I, I knew that probably pretty quick like even after like a month really and so you know that she came to my kids and made thanksgiving dinner a month out of uh, three weeks after i met her wow wow she's the dinner was a keeper and, and, and i'll tell you one funny story you know how i you know my first date with what? her i go will you i go i was selling on home shopping network you know doing my skincare and i go do you want to meet me in vegas next week for a wedding she was in Arizona. I go, you want to just go for it? She goes, yeah. She, I didn't tell her whose wedding it was. It was Adrian's mom's wedding. Oh, dear. Do you threw her in with all your ex-in-laws? <laughs> oh, my God. You want to know something? I would, by the way, you want to know, I would have. That was stupid. It was crazy. Fucking killed you. I know. And guess what? what? Adrian treated her very well. Good. And liked her. My boys loved her. And Colleen... It was very nice to her. Basically, it sounds like you know, they. It sound, they all were very. I just nice. say it sounds like the ex in laws might like her more than they like you. They do. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, I wouldn't expect it, but for some reason, I just screwed. I'm going to do it, and she was so cool. You know, because Adrian, you know, they get they've been texting today because of the kids. You know, so so you now have a baby. You also have teenagers. Can you believe you are doing all the dad, the young dad stuff again? Like you're going to have to oh, yeah. go through preschool again. It. Yep. I got to tell you, but it's different. Now. How is it different? Because I'm I'm older. Are you and more I patient? I kind of appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm still damn impatient. Can you be? You get especially with my my kids. You get to be. And I'm still a little impatient. You get to be the dad that says, "Don't worry, I know how to handle this." Well, actually, I kind of still forget what I'm doing. <laughs> Where is she? Oh, hold okay. on. Okay. Can she? Brittany's not feeling well, so she's wearing a man. That's oh, my goodness. What a healthy, beautiful baby. So She cute. is adorable. Oh, my good. Oh, my goodness. Well, we can't do anything better than end looking at such a pretty baby. But I do have one more question. So I guess my last question for you is, I mean, because I could talk to you forever. Do you think you'll ever retire? I want to retire. I mean, I mean, I want to just operate for fun. I want to do everything for fun because I just want to go out and play golf, have fun with them, and stay home most of the time. She's so cute. Well, Dr. Nassif, I cannot thank you enough for this time. We would love to have you back anytime. We always like talking about the latest and greatest and get all the good advice. Botched is on. It's seventh season. You can catch it on E!, Dr. Paul Nassif, thank you. 